welcome to the Microsoft Spotlight podcast uh, with me, John Jarvis, and my co-host of today is Sophie Dimelo. Sophie, how you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks for having me on as well. Excited for the episode? Oh, I'm so excited. So, um, yeah, you was going to do a, a previous one with, with Andrew, wasn't you? And, and obviously now Andrew is passing the mic to you today. Um, would you like to start off and kick off today's episode by introducing our guest today? Yep, I would absolutely love to. Uh, so we have the amazing Zara Lagerquist, who is a Microsoft MVP, one of my many role models, and she's helping me also mentor. Uh, she's mentoring me and helping me with my public speaking. Um, she's a Power Platform consultant, but I will let, well, I'll pass the mic over to Zara and let you introduce yourself properly. So what, what, what is it that you do? And tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, so I'm Sara Lagerqvist. Uh, I live in Stockholm, Sweden. Uh, I'm 33 years old now. I'm child-free by choice. Uh, I work as a business and application architect uh, mm. at my company called the CRM Coas, CRM Consultor, kind of. Um, so I do a lot of like business architecting along with what application we choose. For them to to work with um yeah that's me nice i was trying to um pronounce myself where, where you actually worked but but what is it that they actually do uh so one of the founders is like a biz app mvp since 10 years back or something so he okay. founded it to start with dynamics and now we've grown and do power platform too so so it's just mainly focused on that work it's still kind of small. We're 24 people only. Okay. Uh, but really like skilled people. I think there's six BIS app MVPs in Sweden and five of us work at this company. Wow. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's a really good company with a lot of skilled people. Amazing. So how come there's only sort of five or six then, do you think? Uh, I don't know. I think, I don't know how many Swedes you met. But Swedes are quite, <laughs> quite restrictive. I think that those of us who are MVPs are quite uh, unusual in that way because we, we're, we're not as restricted. Um, so I don't think community has been like a big part of of consultancy or like sharing in that that extent that we do now. Uh, but we're getting there. I, I founded Power Platform Community Sweden like two and a half years ago. Um, so we and we're, we're actually having our first uh, post Corona event tomorrow evening with that community. Uh, so I hope that the, the more that community becomes active, like locally in Sweden and Stockholm, uh, more people can become MVPs and be, be part of the community. Oh, so Sarah, give us a bit of background on yourself. Like beforehand, was um, going through school was IT always the career for you, um, or have, have you started to get into the IT in industry kind of later on? Well, um, so I have no education, pretty much. I have the the, the basic one that you have to have, uh, but then I started like working as an administrator and and then traveling for a couple of months and then find a new job and like projects uh, which i can do um then i ended up at this this place called cornerstone that sells education like it education 
and they were implementing uh, CRM dynamics. So I, as an administrator, had a lot to do with the implementation because I, I did the administration in the former uh, system. And then I realized that, oh my God, this is so much fun to do this system stuff. Uh, I started to experiment myself. Uh, Jonas Rapp, who is my colleague now, again, he was my consultant at that time, and he taught me a lot of stuff instead of just doing them as a consultant. He said, like, you can probably do this yourself. Do this, 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 and this. Um, so he really encouraged me to, like, learn more about the platform. Uh, so I, when I got sick of being at the customer side, uh, he recruited me to, to come work with him instead. So I kind of just ended up there. Uh, was never intended to work in IT, just... It just happened. That's a nice story, actually, because we're finding quite a lot of our, um, our our previous guests kind of just just fed into IT, and I guess the same for for all of us in in some way or another, um, especially and, and Sophie, so same for Sophie as well. Yeah. Um, cool. So um, yeah, day to day, that's um, you're, you're working. I still can't pronounce the, the name of the company. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um so what's kind of been your your like highlights so far in in the past how long have you, uh, how long have you been an mvp now for uh i've been awarded three times oh. so a little bit more than two years in in total two and a half pretty much uh but i've been working with uh dynamics for like eight or nine if you count in the the years i was a customer too Nice. We're finding like I find quite a lot of um, people that go into like that side of things, like the business app side of things, come come from like a from I guess so far I've come from the SharePoint world um, rather yeah. Than, yeah rather than the Dynamics world. So I think this is the first that's that's actually come from the Dynamics world, and then Dynamics just kind of just goes over my head completely. To be fair, um, <laughs> it's <laughs> to be fair, it's not much something I've I've really used much, but then um, yeah, it just it goes it goes well over my head. <laughs> have you used like Dataverse anything? Yes, um, so slightly. Yeah. Then you pretty much know Dynamics too, because it's just built on Dataverse. It's the same. There were so many talks at the South Coast Summit on Dynamics, and I tried to go. So I went to like a beginners one, and then I tried to go to um, like a couple of the others, which were explaining different applications within it and things. And I kind of got there. I kind of got the gist of it, but there's so much. There's so much within it, isn't there? But there's so much like within the whole platform and if you extend yeah. to to like so my company focus on power platform which is too big for for me to know everything about and then you have all the team stuff and all the office stuff and like it's it's too big so i think in the beginning when it just grew and grew and grew i felt bad that i couldn't keep up with everything and now i'm just kind of okay with having gaps in my knowledge because it's always going to be that it's impossible to keep up yeah as as you haven't come from an it background what would you say the main or the main thing is that's kept you going or that's you know that's got you to where you are now as, as someone who's very technical i think uh well I, i've always loved learning and i've always been like very logical at all my administrator jobs i felt like okay this system it makes sense okay yeah. i get it um, but but to, to stay in dynamics and stay in in power platform has been because you can be so creative and there's always like oh um, have you been, have you played um, 
same city? Yeah. Where you build the city and yes, then fire right. stations and stuff? Okay, so for me, building an app for a customer is like starting a new city every time. Like, okay, what can I improve? How can I make this city the perfect city? How can I do this? Like, so that triggers me a lot. Like, how can I be build an even better app? How can I build it? And the technology just develops and develops and I can learn more and more and then it can be better. So like, you, you never get bored because it's all new all the time. Sounds more like roller coaster tycoon to me than SimCity, but <laughs> <laughs> well, both maybe. I, I played both. So. <laughs> so you spoke recently, um, briefly, just a moment ago about um, the tech community. Um, did you did you found find uh, found that community yourself, or uh, or are you just uh, are you part of organizing it now? Sorry. Uh no. So. Uh... Jonas Rapp, who was the consultant yeah. who brought me into consultancy, uh, he started to be a part of the community. Uh, so he kind of introduced it to me and I found it like, okay, so this is interesting. I love learning, uh, being part of communities, like having a hundred colleagues all over the world who can answer really fast on all your problems and questions. Um, but I think like everyone starting out in the community, you, you get quite uh, insecure in the beginning, just feeling like, okay, what what the hell can I contribute with? Everyone seems to know everything. Uh, but after a while, I realized that I can start to answer a couple of questions. Maybe I can write a blog post and then I started speaking. But I would honestly never have done it without him like already being in the community. Mm. Um, but he was more in, in the international like community. Uh, so uh, a couple of months before I became MVP, I started like a local Swedish community. So so we don't have a real platform. We use Slack and Eventbrite for, for meetups, uh, just so we have somewhere where we can talk and somewhere where we can meet. Are you allowed to use Slack as a Microsoft MVP? <laughs> don't tell anyone. <laughs> Yeah, I do think that was so. You said the kind of like some of the benefits um, of of working within the community and um, and and what you get back from it. But kind of what what kind of made you then go? Yeah, this is for me. I want to start putting in more hours and and and, and more time in, into the community and eventually um, becoming an MVP. What was it that kind of stopped? Like made you go? Yeah, this is for me. I I, I love I love doing this. I think it was uh, getting like constant. Uh, uh, how, how do you say it, like people encourage me constantly in the community. Like when I started answering, answering a couple of questions in forums or or in like another Slack group that I was part of, people like, oh, okay, that that's a, such a smart solution. Maybe you should write a post about that. Maybe you should do this. Maybe you should talk about that. And I was like, oh, no, that was, uh. and then like hearing that enough times get you to start thinking and then you eventually do it. And when I started to do it, I realized that this gives back so much. I, I think it's so much fun actually doing the writing. I can almost giggle when I do it because I, I enjoy it <laughs> and speaking too. So um, I'm glad I got all of that encouragement because if not, I'd be missing out on so much fun that I have now. I think you kind of answered my next question within that question, to be fair. And it was kind of like you, you mentioned everyone knows everything. and 
uh, did you kind of have a bit of imposter syndrome there kind of thinking and and I, I, as I said you probably just answered it how did you get get over that and and it was just kind of just doing it was it no I think in the beginning it was just like okay so I don't even dare to ask this question in like a channel I ask a person because I don't want to feel stupid if someone says like oh, don't you know that no one would ever say that but if you're not part of the community like really yet you feel that maybe that will be back into your face um so I was then I started to like okay maybe I can dare to ask a question in the forum instead of personal questions um and then um it was just a lot of push pushing and actually uh, talking about my fears that like no I I don't know anything I don't know this and hearing people say that well that's just stupid don't don't say that how did you um well how did you first start out public speaking and, and how how have you found that journey uh well it was Jonas who pushed me there too uh and I was it was something that was challenging to me because I yeah. felt like okay this is not something I'm good at uh, I know the tech, but I'm not good at how how to actually do a presentation. So I think my first one was pro probably pretty crap. Um, but, no, I it was. <laughs> but that's when you get to evolve too. That's yeah. where you get to grow. So um, yeah. So what? So so to anyone listening that is thinking about public speaking, and especially me, and I know we've had um, a couple of conversations around it uh, anyway. But what what advice would you give or have you got any top tips about public speaking? I'd say like be passionate about what you're talking about because yeah. then you can pretty much like overcome come the rest. Uh, have a good fallback line for when you get a question that you don't know the answer to or you don't want to answer. Uh, like have a fallback that is, oh, let me check that out and I'll get back to you. Leave your information with me after the session whatever just something that will make yourself comfortable to move on when there's something you don't know or um yeah the rest ones i'll tell you in person yeah no good <laughs> don't, don't give everything away no i need no. it i need the mentor into myself so that's fine <laughs> So um, obviously, none of our guests at the moment have, have um, been from Sweden. Um, you're obviously living in, in Stockholm in, in, in Sweden. Um, how do you find um, working out there as, as, a, as a woman in tech? Obviously, you've um, the, the market itself is, is, is male-dominated, as we, as we all know. But how, how is it um, in um, Sweden for women in tech? So I'd say uh, Sweden is quite an equal country. Mm. Uh, we're obviously not equal because no country is, um, but we're, we come quite far. And I discussed this with a good friend of mine just quite recently the other week about how she felt because she actually chose to get an education within IT. And we talked about women in tech uh, and how we looked at it. And we were both like, uh, have we ever thought that this was not for us no that that thought haven't even crossed our mind we haven't run into any real issues uh with it being man dominated too of course like a couple of situations where i think a customer meeting where we all introduce ourselves and i say that i'm the architect and even though 
the question they supposed to ask the question towards me they look at the middle-aged man which is my colleague uh who just points right back at me like stuff like that happens absolutely not very often but it has happened but in general i think i'm i'm very privileged so my view on women in tech is that i kind of want to know more because what i i feel what i've been part of so far or like i've been to women in tech luncheons and stuff uh, when going to like european summit or or uh, North America summit or stuff conferences like that and I've kind of felt out of place because those luncheons take all the women and put them in an isolated room where they have lunch away from everyone else like mingling and creating connections and and then we're talking about things like uh they don't have it equal in their home they do most of the cleaning and since i'm not there i can't relate on those things i'm like i need to know more about um why do women women like go to these forums like what what do they need are they not comfortable in in like other surroundings and how can i help that that was a really long answer too. That was a great answer. Too, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I, I, everyone, everyone, everyone has different experiences at the end of the day. Um, some people um, obviously come from everyone that comes from different backgrounds and and um, and a different and a different environment. So everyone has has a different story to tell, and that's why we kind of put the spotlight on 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 our guest to to see i've done it andrew andrew's in the background i've done the i've done the i've done the pun <laughs> that's that's why we are why we ask these stories and that's why we kind of um, have the stories especially from people from around the globe everyone has a different story um sophie have you got any kind of thoughts on that answer at all i i'm, I'm similar to you zara like i've never felt not accepted um and i've had loads of support you know even with Andrew and John and people that I've worked with so I don't know whether people that I've spoken to it is a confidence thing and it's where women in them surroundings can share you know their experiences and talk openly but again it's the question around is that because they don't feel comfortable doing it in a different environment um or they don't feel like they can so so there's a big question mark and I know we've spoken about it briefly just you know the sort of segmentation between the the women in tech events if it's just for women and or or should should people bring men and, and anyone else who wants to come um and i think a lot more people i i only went to my first women in tech talk a uh, proper event um i think it was a couple of months ago um, and the, the the woman the ceo um she said i will never have a women in tech event where only women can come it should be for everyone and there, there was a lot of men i say it would probably i say there were probably more, more men, men than women to be honest so that was a really successful one in my eyes um but you know like you said every everyone's story is relatable everyone's been through different things and um i think it is it's about getting that confidence to be able to speak up about it in any in any sort of situation but sarah just just a quick question. We, um, obviously, we've done the um, South Coast Summit and we've done a, um, a women in, we, me, me and Andrew spoke to the women in um, Teams community and um, Sophie was on our panel and, and you was in the audience. Kind of. Yeah. So 
What did you what do you think you kind of you said you was going around and you're learning and, and trying to understand um different different stories and stuff. What do you think you learned from that session? Well, I I like uh the the part where the audience can ask questions the most because that's when uh you really get to see like how other people think because i think that the the people in the panel and you who uh, prepared the questions you already have this set of mind uh on how to think and and be openly and uh, many in the audience maybe needed help with that or or just felt that it was a safe room to uh, challenge these kind of hard questions. I know, Sophie, we talked about that, you and me too, about, uh, so there's there's this negativity around women in tech too, uh, which I think we have to face. And I, I think you did that in the session, which was very interesting. Uh, like the downside too, like just what we've been talking to, like uh, could, could it be exclusive if, you do women in tech stuff. Could people feel ex ex excluded instead? Uh, yeah. I think what was quite interesting about the session is that I, I think our um, actual audience was quite 50-50 between um, for male, male and female, which was really refreshing. I, I was expecting quite a, um, a heavy um, f female audience, to be honest, and it was maybe 50 50 60 40 um 60 40 so it was, and some of the questions we had were, were quite quite fun to answer like me, me and andrew had a, had, a, had a couple as well um but it was a good experience i felt um that audio ratio is better than the other women in tech sessions i've been to so i think that's a, a good sign yeah yeah definitely felt like um people in the audience obviously me being at the panel there are a lot of heads nodding and people agreeing and then people being able to you know actually stand up and speak about how they felt and um and things like that and i think that's what we wanted to get out of it wasn't it yeah i think it's a session that we could have done another hour on and that and we could have we've, <laughs> we could have kept on going on and on my wife would be saying this but she was at home with both kids going when you're getting home and i'm like <laughs> we're running a little bit over <laughs> at the moment <laughs> <laughs> but I think because we a part of that session was like a man standing up and said like okay what can yeah. I actually do uh, which I love that he was so open about it but I feel also like me coming from such a privileged situation where I haven't run into very much obstacles being a woman in tech um, I I want to like know myself what, what can I do to make other women feel more comfortable is am I doing something wrong or can I do something to make it easier for them? So that's probably why I go to these things to, to know what I'm making, what, what mistakes I'm making myself. Yeah. So quick Sorry. question for you. Obviously you, you've, you're starting to do a bit, a bit of mentoring um, for, for Sophie with public speaking. And would you say kind of like um, you want to do some more mentoring in, in the future or do you do any more mentoring of, of, of other people at the moment? Uh, I have another woman that I'm mentoring uh, to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I enjoy it. And it, right now it just happened to be two women. Uh, but I think that has mainly to do with uh, it's easier to relate in another way than but I could easily mentor a, a man, a man too. If that's my second, that's gonna be my second question. It's kind of would you would you be interested in opening up to to other to to, to men as as well because of 
just the previous conversation the conversation we've had so far yeah yeah that that wouldn't be a problem at all i think that's i think like i hope that my my mentoring with sophie will give me something back i i she already taught me a lot about how she thinks about things so i feel that every person that i mentor is like a give and take relationship so so everyone that i would do that for will bring something to the table for me and that would be beneficial for me i mean one of our questions coming up is kind of who inspires you within the community we might as well ask it now but i know the answer it's going to be jonas i'm i'm i'm, I'm assuming yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. so kind of who, yeah, um, what has he what has he done as uh, as uh, um, to 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 inspire you? Except for recruiting you for a job, teaching you stuff. And what what else is it about him and and maybe other people that inspire you? With who else inspires you in the community? Well, so what what he has in common with with other people that I I admire a lot is that he went out into the community all on their own. Uh, like uh, there's the girl I'm mentoring, Vivian Voss. Uh, she, she also just like she found the community, just went out there and like, OK, I'm going to be part of this and just headed in and without knowing anyone, just started to participate, commenting, submitting to speak. And just that to me is super impressive because mm -hmm. I had this comfort net in Jonas that whenever I didn't understand anything or like had a question, I could just go to him and they had nothing. They just like poof, out. Uh, and Jonas did that because uh, he didn't know people before he and she did that. So a lot of people that I admire has done that journey. I'd like to say like kind of Sophie kind of done it as well, like straight on to, on the LinkedIn with her posts and stuff before kind of um, being uh, before Andrew kind of um, saw her on LinkedIn and, and, and brought her onto onto the podcast. So, yeah. It's um yeah I'll say kind of Sophie's doing done that as well and now obviously she's now started to create connections with the community and and and, and blossoming from there. <laughs> well, I don't think I'd say blossoming, but um yeah, it's more, more just winging it at the minute. But yeah, do you know what I've been getting as well? A couple of people have said, "Are you ever worried about anything that people might say negatively?" And it's sort of going back to what you were saying, Zara, that whenever I've whilst I've been in the tech community, I've never felt any negativity at all. And it's all people just want you to succeed. And, and but I never even think about that. Uh, I never even thought about people being negative, to be honest. I just thought, you know, they'll like my content all they want. And I'm never, I'm never going to learn. I take feedback as, you know, always critical feedback, whether it's good or bad. Um, but yeah, sort of, obviously anyone listening, don't think about the negativity side of things because I don't see, I don't see any of that at all. From, from yeah. what I've seen, from what I've seen, the only negativity that, a lot of people seem to get are either from older men, old men who are stuck in in, in, their, in their ways, or on Reddit. <laughs> so, so if you if you um, don't go on Reddit <laughs> and, you, and, and you avoid the old dinosaurs, you should be okay. I don't even know what Reddit is. Oh, don't, don't look at it. <laughs> just avoid, just avoid that. Reddit is the is the dungeon of trolls. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, I've come across negativity, uh, especially on Twitter, uh, but like not not in a very effective, affecting way. Maybe that's, uh, how do you say it? Like 
I, I don't really care. It, it doesn't it doesn't touch me as much, yeah. especially uh, now. Uh, so so I had uh, I'm going through a treatment for breast cancer. Uh, and before the cancer, uh, everything, I was a different person. Everything like bothered me more. And now, now I just couldn't be bothered by like any of that anymore. So I think it's easier now. So Sarah, you just mentioned that you're um, actually you're taking you're on therapy at the moment for for breast cancer. So, yeah. so firstly, good luck. Um, I hope everything is 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 going well um, with with that. Um, so, how is that affecting um, your your day to day jobs and, and work within the in the community at the moment? Uh, so I've I've been on sick leave for like ten months in total when I did like chemo and the hair fell off and all of that part. Uh, but I think you count from the surgery when they actually take out the the cancer, you count as cancer free. So I I became cancer free in April. And now the treatment I have left is more like to prevent it from coming back. Okay. Uh, and it has very little side effects, especially compared to chemo, which was kind of rough side effect wise. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm cancer free, uh, but for 10 months, I was completely shut down from work and community uh, at a whole. I, I did nothing. I did not uh, really expect to get renewed when it came to my MVP award uh, and was kind of almost the opposite, like looking forward to to contributing and, and maybe getting it again. Uh, uh, but I, I got extended anyway this, this July. Uh, and now even more than before, it was important before that it was all fun, but now it's even more important that everything I do community-wise, it's on my own time and it has to be fun. I don't work full-time yet. I work uh, six hours a day. Uh, I don't plan to go back to full-time. I plan to stay at six hours a day um, for the rest, which actually leaves more time for community work if I would like that, uh, but also more time to do other things that I enjoy, like handcrafts and potteries and growing my own vegetables and whatever I find interesting yeah that's that's so inspiring and by the way your hair your hair looks amazing thank you I, I love the short hair I mean I, I saw it before but it looks so good if I could pull off short hair I honestly would <laughs> I had long dark hair like to really to waist. yeah no it looks at the, at the um south coast summit I was literally when I saw you I was like I absolutely love her hair and I didn't even know so <laughs> yeah thank you so amazing. much <laughs> so that's really inspiring um to be fair and uh, to be honest i like, really in inspired by that, that story yeah. and, and you know it's amazing now you're cancer um, cancer free as of um april and um you know you're still driving on and and doing the um, tech community stuff so um, hats off to you uh, well done and congratulations for, for getting to where you are now with with such such a big thing behind you so yeah well done yeah, thank you <laughs> Thank you. So, looking now, like um, what you've done so far, and 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 how you, and how you, what's kind of you said about going down to six hours. What's kind of like next for you? What's the, the next short term next short term goal for you? So, like I'm pretty much set in my career where I want to be. I think like 
my my long-term goal would be to go down to five hours a day so I get even more free time but still have like enough time to actually do something that makes sense. When I, I started out like from being sick, you start working like two hours a day and then you go up to four hours a day and now I'm at six. When I work two hours a day, I can say not much was being done because you, you don't have two hours is nothing. Uh, four hours was a bit stressful in the way that I was only available like half the day um, and people wanted meetings in the afternoons. And I uh, so I think like the perfect amount would be five, five hours. Um, so that's my long term goal to to work even less, actually. Um, and to keep keep work fun, because right now uh, Power Platform is still super super fun and I'm still learning a lot if that would change if 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 let's say there's more citizen developers and the need for consultants are less and less and we become more of like uh, experts maybe that's not my thing I want to do the actual building I love that part um so maybe I'll change career then if that happens I'll do I'll yeah. So Sarah, you said, you've mentioned earlier about um, your first um, event coming up. Um, was it tomorrow? Did you say? Um, yeah. Since the COVID, um, how have you found obviously getting that in place and and reorganising that after such a long time of um, of no events or no organising no in person events? Well, so again, Sweden was kind of different during corona i don't know if you had like reports about it in the uk but uh so sweden took a very like chill approach to corona we didn't have like a, a hard lockdown we had like oh please consider who you meet uh please like we, we closed the restaurant at 10 pretty much yeah um which makes it since we never were completely closed, we we've been like able to socialize and, and stuff. So uh, so when it comes to like opening back up, it was not such a big deal in that way. But obviously, as an organizer, you can't you can't organize events during Corona. But as soon as it let go, I asked around in the community, like, would you be comfortable with the um, event this close to the opening date or would you want to have it in January or whatever and they're like no no let's go let's go so they felt um, the community felt uh, really engaged so I thought like let's set it up and all the events we've had like so I started the community two and a half years ago and corona has been going on for almost two years yeah. so you can figure out that we didn't have that many events before we got closed down uh, but all the events we've had, we had a wait list for because we were like fully booked and this one too. So I have uh, still a wait list of about five people that um, won't be able to make it tomorrow. But it's really fun that the interest is so, so big that we can even fit everyone that wants to into the venue. But this time it's quite a small venue though. So we have 35 seats. Because of Corona, we want to keep a bit more distance than usual. Too. So it's not like we have like a 200 people event. No, small small events, but it's still uh, it's still fun that I get all these shy Swedish people to show up for evening events, off work hours. I bribe them with beer though. Uh, that's <laughs> good bribe. Good bribe. Yeah, it is. Do you with with with, with it, Sorry, within your events, do you have? 
a lot of engagement and audience participation and things like that? Uh, audience participation, yes. Um, I'm still in in the uh, where I have to ask people to speak, like go to a person like, could you consider speaking this? Uh, there would not be very successful to have like a call for for papers uh, at my events because no one would submit because they like oh. everyone just want to come there and listen and ask questions, which is also great because when you do do a session, like I, I think a session that I would normally do for 50 minutes at, at an event when I did the same one in in my community, it took like one hour and 10 minutes because everyone had so many questions and we were so engaged. So I love the engagement. It's just that I think that Swedes have like a built in imposter syndrome. They feel like, oh, no, not me. No, 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 no. Um, so it's really I'm really working hard starting every meeting with talking about like everyone has something to say, I'm sure. Um, please just discuss with me. I can be your uh, safety net and we can I can probably like help you figure out what you want to what you can speak about. But don't ever doubt yourself that you have that you don't have something to share because I'm sure that you have a personal view uh, that is interesting. So what would you say your demographics are for, for your events? Is it mostly male or is it or is it a mix? Uh, it's kind of a big mix. Um, I think there's a bit more men, uh, but but quite a lot of females too. I think we have yeah. quite a good ratio here. Like at my company, I think we're almost 50-50. I think um, we're one more woman even, maybe. Oh, so that's completely different to the UK. Yeah. <laughs> completely different. Um, yeah. And Go on, Sophie. Yeah, no, it's so, so much different. So obviously I was in recruitment before this. And in terms of just trying to get sort of any technical woman into a role it was it really hard we used to call them unicorns um mm. especially within architecture or in infrastructure or just something that re 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 required quite a lot of technical um knowledge so it, it's great to hear that it's, that it's different it's you know how can we how can we create that in the uk now when i think about it i think we've at all events had one male and one female speaker and it hasn't been on purpose it yeah. just accidentally have been that way. So is the in in Sweden is the like women in tech communities then? If if you don't really see as as much as the UK. Yeah, th there are. I've only been to like a breakfast or something. Uh, but again, I didn't feel like it was my uh, surrounding that I was comfortable in. Uh, so I haven't like been engaging that much, but I know there are uh, a lot of women in tech, but also like I think since we are so privileged, we also been able to say things like, okay, let's not talk about my sex because every time someone asks that questions, I, I tend to get a bit defensive almost. I think when I became the, the, the first female this app, MVP in Sweden, they're like, how does it feel to be the first female this app? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't care. What does it have to do with my sex? Are you implying that it has something to do with my sex? Or like, wh why, why do we talk about my sex at all? Um, and I realized that that those are my thoughts because I am so privileged and I need help to 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 rethink on. I, I realized that someone else 
has been like uh, opening the road for me to be able to feel like this. Yeah. It's sometimes it's just nice to be the first thing of a certain person um, type to to <laughs> to do something, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that how you see it, but like since it's kind of a sensitive subject, it's so easy to feel that it's implied that it's some somehow quotation or like uh, you're only here because you're a woman or you you're only speaking because they needed more women to speak at these events and like okay so over the 10 women uh that are able to speak i got a seat yeah but there are hundreds of men that wanted to speak mm, okay so i'm not qualified really if i would compare to the men i i think it's a difficult uh, yeah, discussion and i think we need to like keep having it on the other, um, on the other, on, on the other side of the coin, I'd just like to say that as the first, like, business, first female business app MVP in Sweden, that gives you now, you know, people, people now look at you as a, as a figurehead, as a role model, um, uh, you know, because you, you are a, a face that that hasn't been there before, and it, it gives you the, the, the opportunity and what you are doing to, to be. A, a role model for for people just like you. I I just think it would have been different if there was like twenty male BizApp MVPs and I would be the first female. That would be one thing. Uh -huh. But now there was two BizApp oh. MVPs and they were men. <laughs> yeah. So being the first female is just like mm -hmm. I'm just the third one. It doesn't matter yeah. that I'm a female. Could. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay, I understand. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I guess the, f the third business app MVP in Sweden is still pretty good, anyway, yeah. isn't it? I'll take like, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Sarah, it's been absolutely a pleasure to have you on on the podcast today, and um, same with you, Sophie, as well as um, today's yeah. co-hosts. Um, so yeah, thank you both um, for for today, and um, yeah, I'd like to quickly. Um, Thank our sponsors, Bit Titan, um, because I didn't thank them earlier. Uh, <laughs> so please, <laughs> so please go to bittitan.com <laughs> to see how Bit Titan can migrate your data to the cloud. Thank you both for coming. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Microsoft Spotlight podcast. Please make sure you hit that like, share, and subscribe button to help us promote our message. You can also follow us on Twitter at MSFT Spotlight, and we're also on LinkedIn, the Microsoft Spotlight Podcast. And finally, we'd like to tell you a little bit about BitTitan and thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Remote migrations start here. Let MigrationWiz do the work for you. It's fast, secure, and 100% SaaS, which means you can migrate at any time and from anywhere. Migrate mailboxes, documents, public folders, personal archives, or even Microsoft Teams with just a few clicks. No special training needed and no customer downtime. When the work matters, choose MigrationWiz.